0: We are LIVE Live and kicking here, ramblings of a Grappleman. I'm Matthew Priest and being joined here by a very special guest, a man I've known for quite a long time here in the pro wrestling business. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He's been around it pretty much his entire life. Nick Braxton, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Doing great, Matthew Priest. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk about Dynamite.
0: That's right. We're breaking down AEW Dynamite, the March 3rd edition, Crossroads here today. And uh, you know what? We kicked off with the match that I think everybody wanted to see. What most thought might be the main event, that's what they gave you right out of the right out of the gates. Cody Rhodes in red velvet taking on Jade Cargill and Shaquille O'Neal. Nick, I mean, what do we got here?
1: Shaq Diesel, he was great. Uh, but not only, I mean, is this match kicking off, which blows your mind, but you'll see like the front half of this, this uh, card, this show, was so loaded with stars. Uh, but more importantly, this match was phenomenal. It was so fun to watch. It did its job. It did a really, really good job, and it was entertaining as hell. Shaq? Uh, Jack makes look makes everything look just so much bigger and so much more spectacular. Whether it be those chops in the corners or a uh, back body drop, I believe like uh, yeah back body drop
0: looked impressive.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Cody slam could have looked a little better, but yeah, Red Velvet looked good. Jade Cargo looked good. They were formidable in the ring for their first time ever being in yeah. such a big spot like that.
0: That's uh, a fair word. That's a good word to use. Formidable. Uh,
1: holy jackknife I have written down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the uh, Brody Lee tribute that he did uh, before it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe like this was a really well laid out match, and it I you've got to believe Arn Anderson had a hand in laying that out.
0: Absolutely, and and I actually have a lot of critiques for it I, overall. Solid match. You can't ask for a celebrity match with two green talents and you know a workhorse veteran in there to go any smoother. They did a lot of stuff that was really, really good. They gave you a lot of bells and whistles. Very fun TV match. However, going back to it, Jade Cargill needs to lay off the hard cam. I feel like every little thing she did, she was looking at the hard cam like it was 2004 X Division match. I could could go without seeing Jay Cargill pose every five seconds. After it was it got to the point where it was distracting. Uh, I thought Red Velvet her best showing. I I like her potential. I think she's gonna she should do really well as an underneath babyface. She's got really really good natural fire. Jay Cargill has a it factor. She has potential to be a big big star in women's wrestling if once she can put it all together. Still both very very green need that experience um uh, i would have liked to see how that would have been in front of a bigger crowd because when shaq got in the ring his charisma is off the charts and it was a whole nother level um obviously so as a celebrity worker he, he did a solid job big time athlete big time star um cody sold his ass off for him made shaq look like a million bucks carried it around Again, giving you the bells and whistles the the gun club getting involved in the outside with a chair shot, totally unnecessary yeah so just just there so shack that's that's there for sports center gets hit with a chair, beats the hell out of some guys, good for the gum club to get on t v but that's just it's, just it's just it's just it's just overkill for it um but again, it's a fun t v match it did its job as a celebrity match. anybody who turned into that show that's not a wrestling fan that's a shack fan. They got exactly what they were hoping for out of it. Shaq gave him chair shot. He beat the hell out of everybody. He looked strong. The only thing that Shaq did defensively was the big spot of the match, which uh, I'll let you talk about.
1: Well, that's what I was about to talk about here. We could have, I think we could have done the gun club gimmick while these tables were being set up because the girls took a little too long to set the tables up. Yeah. And it took you out just for a, a minute or two there. But the spot two tables on the outside of the rings uh side by side shack on the apron and Cody hits a crossbody over the top onto shack through two tables uh I don't can you tell me a better table bump you've seen recently because i can't those tables exploded yeah. like c4 went off and bravo for shack to shack to uh take a bump like that. Wow. Just
0: wow. 40, 48, 49-year-old man uh, and seven foot tall, doesn't need to be doing that. Multi, 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 multi-millionaire. Doesn't need to be doing it, doing it for the love of, uh, love of wrestling. Shaq gets it. That's that's the one thing that you can say out of that is he gets it. He understood his role. He knew Cody was going to work his ass off for him. And uh, Shaq was there to give him the big bump and did a hell of a job uh, taking that. Tucking his chin. I was a little worried about that. Watching the replay back. I, was like, I hope this song got some bitch t- this chin.
1: <laughs> it was like it was like a redwood falling in the forest, man. <laughs> but after that we get uh Jade Cargill going over, uh yep. Red in the ring with a pen. And we see Shaq get stretchered out. Yes. Shaq stretchered out, I mean
0: one thing I did want that we that we missed after the gun club thing was the red velvet moonsaw to the floors, which set that up, which then led to her set up the tables. Hmm. Would have liked to have seen uh, someone catch that poor girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I like the way that they, they built that spot. Yeah, that was, very good. It wasn't like uh somebody standing on the top waiting for everybody to just hold on to everybody, and yeah. it, it was well put together.
0: Uh, yeah, but- which, which, which we'll see later, but no, that was absolutely a good way to lead into that moonsaw spot. I just wish someone... I was a little worried about her safety. Uh, She hit the ground hard, but uh, got up, set the tables up, went to it. We'll get back to Shaq getting stretched out. Was that when they went to commercial break?
1: Uh, I believe so. When they came back, they had Shivani there at the ambulance. Well, they showed Shaq getting loaded in. Then they cut uh, some replays, and then Shivani showed up at the ambulance and uh, said, not really the time or place, but we're going to barge in and find Shaq. And uh, I put some Burt Wonderstone shit, some, some <laughs> magic. Shaq's not even in the ambulance. What the hell happened to him? He's seven feet tall. Yeah, you know. You know I'm i sorry. it was hilarious. When you, if you go back and watch it, they put Shaq in the ambulance and uh, they go to shut the doors and Shaq has to bend his knees up towards him to bring his feet in because he's too damn tall to, uh, yeah. to be laying down in the ambulance.
0: I'm glad I wasn't the only one who noticed that. But, uh no, it's just, again, this is like, what is the point of this? I, you know, we were texting during it, and I love it. You're like, he must be coming back as uh as the Kazam or the Yeti. So um we'll see what comes out of that. But, again, just under Shacker here in uh, AEW is what I'm calling it. Just just the magic. I love the Burt Wonderstone reference. You can't go wrong with a little Burt Wonderstone um, on a daily basis. But. That's it for Shaq, I mean, who knows if we'll ever see him again was did he do did he do the basketball games last night before the all star break
1: or uh I did not see anything I did not yeah
0: we're on. we're wrestling fans, not basketball fans, so uh hopefully uh hopefully this did a good number for a w the ratings had to have come out. I just haven't seen them um by the time we record this, and
1: well, it's gotten praise everywhere I've looked, yeah did so. uh,
0: Mainstream it was everywhere. It was, Shaq was trending uh, number one on the Twitter. Um, so AEW did its job there, did a really good job, and then real smart to follow up Shaq, their biggest celebrity they've had. Yeah, they had Snoop Dogg reasonable, but Shaq to me is bigger, bigger star than Snoop. Um and you bring Jericho right out after it, who's arguably your biggest recognizable
1: wrestling star. Time out. We don't. We go to Pac and Phoenix. Taking on. Oh ah, my, yeah, you're right. You're right. Which was what the first time Pack and Phoenix teamed up in quite a while. Two thirds of Triangle, uh, and this match was just plainly there to make them look good. It was a hot start. They wrestled uh, John Schuyler and D3, which you wouldn't have known unless you were listening really, really closely. (laughs) Phoenix. it was a hot start. Phoenix, man, he runs that rope and hits that kick. That was so on point. That was one of the best ones I've ever seen him hit. Pox 450 was just, it's always good. The man doesn't miss. Uh, and Phoenix picks up the pin with uh, his version of the Rikishi driver. I mean, this was like, what, three, four minutes? And perfect perfect top.
0: match to establish these two guys as a team going into uh, Revolution because it will
1: be in the Casino Royale. Uh, Which we didn't know about until we see later on in the show, which we'll get to.
0: Right. Uh, But it's it's a good way to showcase these guys as a team. You keep them established. You have arguably your two best athletes uh, in the company that you're going to put on TV after Shaq. So I do stand corrected there. It it was just a good way to give give, uh, people a a lot of action in a short amount of time and build two stars. Um, I liked the match. And John Schuyler is – I feel like I've seen that guy on every – television program now um in the last three years uh looking at the light so he may be this generation's uh barry horowitz
1: well i'll tell you what as good as pack is uh ray phoenix has been on fire as of late he's always been good but man he's had a great run of matches and especially that match with omega to open up the year and uh i believe that was beach brawl yes yeah awesome but yeah, that leads us into Jericho and MJF's press conference, which was hosted by Dasha. Uh, basically, the quick rundown: Jericho and MJF back and forth, putting each other over, and uh, we get an Eric Bischoff appearance, which leads to the Bucks coming out and a little Brosky. Yeah, it was it was
0: interesting with all the with with Shaq there and they do a press conference. They do bring uh, Barstool sports guys in, uh two Barstool sports guys and you get Conrad Thompson
1: uh, AKA from Turkey Tits.
0: Tur- <laughs> yep, and then uh and then Eric Bischoff, but I w- I would have hoped that that would have been a good opportunity to get more than Barstool sports there. Um, especially with you using two interviewers. Um, but it's funny that they had the one dude—I don't know his name—a barstool sports guy was just on the NXT uh, Takeover pre-show two weeks ago, and now he's uh, doing the AEW press conference. So good on uh, that fella get his name on TV twice.
1: I mean, just media. I mean, especially yeah. a pandemic, these guys got to get tested too. So they got to yeah. bring in people they can, you know, I guess trust. And but. It was funny, Jericho dropped uh the names of Dwayne Johnson and Paul White in the beginning of that promo uh what else? oh, proud and powerful was included in the promo. We got to hear from uh santana uh Bischoff is definitely the running gag on these press conferences yeah. been to everyone, and I think uh Conrad has either or maybe he missed one, but he's always there too,
0: yeah, this is a i think this is a second appearance. Yeah. For but Bischoff is definitely uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Bischoff is definitely uh, a scene stealer when he gets out there. He he could get over. <clears throat> oh, man, choking on my own spit. Uh-oh. Um. But Bischoff, uh, always good on television, and he can come out there and he had what thirty seconds of TV time, and maximize his minutes so much.
1: Did a great job, and we get uh, the Young Bucks coming out talking about how personal this match is now because, you know, a week ago we had uh, MJF and Jericho take out Papa Buck, and the Bucks come out to basically, man, they put Papa Buck over, and just there would be no AEW without Papa Buck, basically, and we get the lineage of that uh, history, Uh, and we get the brawl between the Inner Circle and the Young Bucks. Uh, four or five on two, and then we get the save from the Good Brothers and Brandon Cutler, and then we get a uh, big old table spot from the Bucks. It's it looked great. It was off the stage and off the entrance. Yes. Both Nick and Matt did dives through uh, MJF and Jericho through tables. But man, I wrote this down. That's already the second. Gigantic table spot on yeah. the card.
0: Yeah, you're about forty minutes into the show, forty-five minutes into the show, and you're uh you're 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 killing the crowd with tables. Looked great, hot angle. I think we talked about this in uh, you know, last week about the way that this angle went with Jericho and MJ off to the box, where they just suddenly flipped the switch to make it personal, to where you have the box having to fight back and put these guys through tables. It just seems like this is something that would have been something more for the angle after the pay-per-view. You got to trust AEW and where they're going with the booking here, why they're seemingly hot-shotting this um, over a couple weeks. And they're giving the the fans a little bit of a crash TV in this first uh, 40 minutes.
1: I think Sunday at Revolution, we see Sammy Guevara come back and have a hand in some sort of way in this finish between – Jericho and MJF and the Young Bucks. Whether Sammy's back with the Inner Circle, it was all a ploy, or Sammy Sammy screws over Jericho. Whether he sides with MJF and it was a ruse all along, or just he just screws over Jericho just because he brought MJF in. I don't know, but I think Sammy Guevara definitely has a hand in this match Sunday night.
0: I agree. I agree. We'll see Sammy Guevara. If not Sunday, we'll see him Wednesday.
1: Yeah. Uh after this we get more hype for the main event Sunday at Revolution the exploding barbed wire death match for the yeah. EW World Title between Kenny Omega and John Moxley and in this pro uh promo, uh excuse me promo we get to see Atsushi Onita from Japan FMW fame and the man that I guess I would say uh one of the godfathers of exploding anything matches him. and
0: yeah, I don't know if he was the creator, but he's the guy, you, the first person who comes to mind when you think of. uh
1: insane they- to me that he's on American TV in 2021. It just blows my mind when I was watching these matches on VHS back in like 98, 99. Yeah. Insane. yeah. Uh, but then we get 32 what? years. What? In- oh, go ahead. One thing
0: I want to say about Onita is. One of my, I, I didn't see it live, obviously. It, I think it's his retirement match. His entrance, it's like wow. a seven minute long entrance for his retirement match. I recommend anybody go out there and just Google Onita retirement match and his ring entrance. It's the most don't give a fuck entrance I've ever seen, and I love it. And and Onita just has that. I was happy to see Onita on uh on a w promoting this match didn't go at the angle I'd hope they went with for it, but getting no need in there to talk about it gives it that that edge gave it that credibility and brought some Extra. some interest from me to the match
1: yeah um is that entrance you're speaking of where he comes out with a chair, his leather jacket, and a bottle of whiskey <laughs> yes, yeah, comes out it's a wild thing great yes she uh, just
0: takes his sweet ass time, smokes, I think, like two or three cigarettes. <laughs> it's just
1: <laughs> reminiscent <laughs> of a guy we'll see here soon smoking cigarettes coming to yes. the ring. But uh before that we get thirty two effing years in the making. Tully Blanchard is back on national television yes. in a professional wrestling match when he teams with F T R with James J. Dillon. Oh yeah. Third big. Time. To take on Jurassic Express, and man, so much fun this match. Such a good match. I The first thing I wrote down was Tully starts with an exclamation point. Like, he was the first one in the ring. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and the, the history of the tag titles and the United States Championship, I believe it was, Tully brought out. Yeah. Amazing there.
0: Uh, I think J.J. was holding the Western Heritage uh, Championship as well.
1: And Well, JJ, how great was he tonight? Had a spot with his with his shoe. Classic. Jumped in there on the mic real quick on his way out. Yeah. Uh yeah, Tully had that fake out on the dive during this match, which was just so Tully to do something as as such. Uh I loved the spot that he finally took a bump on where it was such an old school type of spot where they, they chucked Marco stunt and Tully catches him and take that nice bump. Yep. The double German Luchasaurus gave to FTR was perfect. I don't know. Like I've seen people attempt that and the timing is usually off on guys two and three. And my, that was the best double German suplex I had ever seen.
0: Yeah. They've done that spot a few times. They used to do it with American alpha and, uh, it's always, it's always with Dax in the middle cash going to go high. Cause cash has got, he's like a sneaky good athlete mm-hmm. and he gets so fucking high in the air with, with the German that he clears over him. So it, it's, it's like, he's getting thrown by Dax and throw, they do such a good job with that spot. They've been doing it for years. Um, obviously FTR made me a wrestling fan again, uh, watching those guys for the last five, six years now. Um, you know, right when you think the the you know the cynic- when the cynicism was at its all time high watching pro wrestling, you know those two guys made me a fan again. Um So I'm happy to see them in AEW getting a chance to show what show what they can do. Um And you know, going out there with Jurassic Express, you have your classic heel babyface match. Yeah, the shine was to show Tully, which kind of put a little bit of a babyface spotlight on the FTR, but made me just everything about the way this was laid out, booked. The way the match flowed, the finish, everything made me so happy. And it's things I've been waiting for and finally getting the payoff. And JJ being out there, it made me happy. I was a happy, happy, happy wrestling fan for about
1: 15 minutes of this whole thing. Yeah, we it, such a great match. I didn't like the, uh, the double team move that I believe it was Jurassic Express did. It was set up like Private Party. It was too similar to Private Party's finish uh, where they did a Rana out of the Corner and I think Luchasaurus hit a power slam instead. Yeah, of- yeah,
0: they've done they've done that a few times. Um, they did that when these two teams meet bef- met before, oh. and I, I remember. Uh, I just don't know if FTR is the guys that get, can take it well, because I remember Jurassic Express doing that with. Uh, uh, I want to say it was SCU, and Scorpio Sky was able to get a lot of height. Yeah, right into the power slam looked real clean, um, but. That was seven, eight months ago or longer. Who knows? The pandemic makes you lose some time.
1: Right. Well, we also get a a sick Tornado DDT on the outside by Jungle Boy. And we also get a sweet – I get to see the the old Power and Glory finish of that. uh, Powerplex. Powerplex, yeah. This big old suplex off the top and the splash brought back memories of uh popping an old calcium videotapes yeah uh
0: yeah ftr you know that there's a match again i I can't tell you kind of left there's a 60 minute match i don't know if it's still out there It might have gotten taken down i think it was from dax's personal collection with alpha they went to a it was either 45 to 60 minutes and they literally do every tag team finishing move in history all of them there's about 33 different tag team finishing moves they do through the whole sequence of the match. And that's the first time that I think they did the powerplex. And it just that's one that stayed in their arsenal and makes me so happy. But they between the two teams, they were hitting everything. Both teams hitting Steiner Bulldogs. Both teams, when they were exchanging back and forth, hitting the same thing on each other. It's a, it's a fun match. Hopefully you can find it. I don't know if Dax had to take them down or not. I know a lot of those matches he was posting to his, out of his personal collection were getting taken down by WWE. Um, even though they were hit with his own uh, camera on house shows, but I guess they still own the rights. So,
1: Well, speaking of hitting things, Tully Blanchard hit a slingshot suplex. Hell yeah, he did. A win for, uh, for his team. And we see the return of Sean Spears as he comes in with a hood on. Was it a hood that he was wearing? A mask? Oh, he, had,
0: he had the mask with a hoodie.
1: Something, yeah. And takes out Jurassic Express, reveals to be Sean Spears. So we're getting that horseman-esque group that, you know, whenever there's a horseman that's managing somebody or involved in somebody and a couple guys come in on an angle, we always get to talk of some sort of new four horsemen. Uh, and we also get just a little peek at Arn on the on the ramp, checking it out too, seeing yeah, what uh, JJ and Tully are, are doing. And jj's leaving and what was do you remember the line he popped shivani popped him when jj said something about it being you know out of out of line or something
0: uh yeah i wish i i wish I.
1: shivani says uh you're not getting paid anymore for that yes yeah yeah yeah
0: that was great great you know those two guys have such a long history with each other too and that's a feel-good. That's what you know makes me feel good as a wrestling fan, is that whole segment. Arn coming out, throwing the four fingers up, giving a stamp of approval to this new group. It'll be interesting to see if they add a fourth guy um, with Tully managing. We'll see what kind of legs and longevity this has. Um, but I'm fine with just FTR and Spears being being a little group there. I think they're a solid trio. Um, all all three can go um, with Tully backing them for the long term. But if J.J. sticks around... Be interested to see if uh, they try to recruit Cody and maybe that's the program. We've seen Spears and Cody quite a bit, knowing there's a history there, but I'd love to see Cody um, in the gun club, let's just say, uh, mixing it up with FTR. I think they'd they, they put on a hell of a clinic. My take there, but we get to, uh, as you were saying, Shivani getting his dig in and rushing things to Paul White, which makes you wonder how strapped for time. It felt like this show was on fast forward at times in this first hour. And they rush, 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 so you get to Paul White here, and I'll uh, let you speak to what old Big Paul had to say.
1: Yeah, well, Paul was talking, oh, first of all, he looks great. He looks like he's in just great shape, better than what we've seen him before in the past in uh, WWE. But he's talking about, you know, Paul, he as in Paul, is talking about uh, the debut of, AEW Dark Elevation on Monday, I think it's the 13th, on YouTube, which he'll be co-host with Tony Schiavone, commentating, and talks about scoops in professional wrestling and how he's got a scoop of his own, and on Sunday at Evolution, which is a quote from Paul, but (laughs) Revolution, uh, we get a big Hall of Famer signing with AEW on Sunday and it'll be the debut and man speculation all over online who can it be now who's a bigger signing than Paul White right now
0: I I don't know if it's a bigger sign. my first thought was Kurt Angle Uh, that's the first guy that popped in my head watching it Wednesday night live was like oh this is them bringing Kurt Angle in Um, then the second guy I thought of was RVD um, those were the two guys that popped in my head first. Not that they're bigger stars than than Big Show. Well, no more BS, Paul sure. White. Um, no more bullshit. No more Big Show. Um, Big Paul White. But uh, yeah, I will definitely be intrigued to see who was. Those were the first two guys that popped in my head. Then, you know, I had had friends thinking Christian. Bret Hart's name I've I've felt I've, I've had somebody I'm speculating on so it, it's kind of wide open on who it could be. I don't know, you got thoughts?
1: Sure though, when you when you say Bret Hart, uh, I think on the Unrestricted Podcast with Shivani and Aubrey Edwards, they had Tony Khan on this week and the Hall of Fame worthy signing will be a actual in-ring competitor for AEW. He, whomever is signing. I I cut myself off there it's not who knows it might not be a he it might be a she it might be uh someone you know from the women's division i've heard you know people speculating names uh but we don't know and it it's it's just exciting to me i can't wait to see another name added and just another one of these moments that they can drop in and these signings are just plentiful and fun it, it,
0: it takes you back to 1996 95 96 there real quick but um another name that had popped in my head and that i actually had to do a little research on was jeff hardy thinking they could swerve people i have and uh, paul announce it uh, but i think jeff hardy just re-signed a deal of uh, doing some research but uh it'll be real interesting to see who it is um it has to be it has to be someone that hey. he,
1: there's no, I mean, what, I mean, the show was Wednesday, the pay-per-view is Sunday, but the way they make this announcement, the way, I mean, this is the first time we see Paul White on TV, and that's a very big signing, and this is the first thing he's talking about, and the first thing he's going to do, this has to be big, so.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it'll be real, very interesting to see where, where, where they go with it, and hopefully it's, uh, Hopefully it's someone that that they can deliver with. I I am a little little nervous because I don't know who they can get. Oh, the 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 speculation today I saw was Brock Lesnar
1: because WWE took his merch off their website, and that would be huge. I mean, I do I think it's Brock Lesnar. I don't think so. No. But you see stuff like that, and it makes you it makes you wonder, you know. Yeah.
0: This is where I wish like see this is the gambler in me. Wishes that we had Vegas odds on who this person was going to be. And um, I'd be putting my money on Angler RVD most likely.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, you see guys get released from the Fed and their merch stays up there and it gets discounted and then it gets discounted and then it gets discounted. Uh, we saw this with Sting, too. Yeah. Sting's, Sting's crap off the merch website. Mention of staying nowhere near Sanford, Connecticut, and he pops up in AEW. And the only thing that makes me
0: not think Brock Lesnar has it to be a a chance at all is uh, no Heyman. Um, Heyman has always been affiliated with Brock. Even when Brock was doing the UFC stuff, Heyman was involved. So anything Brock has done, Heyman has been there. Um, I would be really... Another thing I had thought of was almost being like a double package deal where it's announced as like Kurt Angle, but it's a way to bring Okada in as the in-ring guy. So it's a, while the American audience, diehard wrestling fan knows who Okada is, but the casual viewer doesn't, mm-hmm. and it would be a way to bring some credibility there. So you're given like a double shot with a real Hall of Famer and a legit Hall of Famer. That would be huge, I think, if AEW is able to pull something off with that. So just the rumors... We're real hot about Okada coming to work in America, what, about a month, six weeks ago, and that just kind of died off. So I wouldn't rule out Okada either as being a a guy we see real soon.
1: Speaking of Japanese talent, that takes us to the finals of the women's eliminator. The U.S. side of the bracket, the winner of that side, Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero, taking on the Japanese side winner, Ryo Mizunami. And I thought this was a really good match. Um, back and forth action. Solid wrestling. Nyla Rose's diving knee drop. That needs to be a special type of finish because it just looks brutal. It cannot be a false finish.
0: Right. I agree.
1: It needs to take people out. Uh, but We also see another spear to here. I forget which other match the first one was in. But Jump I
0: played seen. it a spear
1: second spear of the night. Uh, (laughs) Rio wins with a top rope leg drop. And, you know, my thoughts coming into this whole tournament, if they're building up something so big in this tournament, you know, half of it being held here in the U.S., the other half being held in in Japan, and just the time, effort, and money put into it, bringing a star from Japan into Russell, uh, they got to be going over. And with Rio Mizunami's history... With Sheeta, we know we're gonna get a good match. they can work uh We also get a nice exchange after the match after Rio wins uh with Sheeta and she comes in bringing a a trophy in and we get a solid forearm exchange and Sheeta knocks Rio on her ass and walks out i'm I think this match it'll be interesting to see where they put this match on the card Sunday. And hopefully these, these ladies can live up to, uh, expectations. I think we're going to see a good match.
0: This was my least favorite thing on this whole episode. not, not because it's, uh, women's wrestling at all. Cause I, I actually don't, I actually enjoy women's wrestling when it's done, done well. Um, a couple things. it, it, you rush this first hour with all your stars and you're building to your pay-per-view and yeah, no, no disrespect to the women's division. They need their time as well, but you rush, 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 rush through everything. That whole front hour was rushed. Then you get to this women's match. You go, you give them 20 minutes of TV time. And, um, in that 20 minutes of TV time, you have this long drawn out match that I fell asleep during. And I will admit, I think it was during the picture in picture, So I missed a lot of what you were saying, but I wake up, I see the finish, good finish. No no taking without taking anything away from the finish at all. Real good finish. And then that exchange afterwards was just like, what are we doing here? You're gonna like shake hands, do a little forearm exchange. It almost like they were laughing. Both of the both Sheeta and um how do you say her name? Ryo Maza Mizunami. Mizunami. They just exchanged forearms, strong style, I get it. But it looked like they were laughing, like they weren't serious. It was just forced. I hated it. Again, could be just a clash of styles. That's a Japanese thing. I'm an American wrestling fan who's – I do like all styles, but I I hated the end of that segment. And it made me go, I don't give a flying fuck on a rolling donut about this match on Sunday night between Sheeta, who I think is fantastic, Sheeta is an awesome I look forward to Sheeta's matches on um, the shows. Usually this is the first time where I go, I don't fucking care because that lost me totally. Really, really bothered me a lot that uh that they just did that. It looked like they did it for no reason. It
1: would've it would have been fine had Rio gotten the trophy and Sheeta held the belt up and we get our face off pitcher. Uh the exchange itself, the forums were solid, but it was it wasn't sure. there. It, it
0: just lost it, it, it like I said that the the way that the show was formatted there already annoyed me that they had that much time yes, I fell asleep had it I woke up and it'd be an entirely different segment I would have rewound and caught up with what I had missed but I said I missed picture and picture and probably not much because I got to see the last three or four minutes of the match and then that exchange after and I went this was a lot of TV time devoted to this and I would really like to see if people flip the channel. During that that well, sec-
1: if they did they flip back because we get arguably the biggest star on the AEW roster sting yes. with mishavani starts to cut a promo about team taz and the- also
0: seems this is also very rushed segment yeah. but i liked it
1: but well, we that's because we got ricky starks Ricky Starks comes out, and he was great on the mic here. Oh, always. He's gold. I love me some Ricky Starks. Awesome physicality between Ricky Starks and Sting, too. We get – uh, what do we have here? Cage.
0: Hook, okay. Hook, and, Hook, and, oh. uh, Hook and, and Hobbs come to the crowd, and they jump in the ring. They start to put a beat down on Sting. Cage comes in out of the back with Taz. Five-on-one, Darby coming out to make the save. Um, if I'm not mistaken,
1: yeah. This was the
0: this was the the clothes falling off segment. Not only was Ricky Starks getting stripped down, uh, classic Ricky Steamboat a la there, and you know, man, Ricky Starks a little small in there with Sting, and Ricky Starks is like a average size guy in AEW, so that was a little alarming how small he looked in there with Sting. But nonetheless, I love me some Ricky Starks. He's great, tons of charisma. Bumped his ass off for Sting. Made Sting look good. Great segment there. The guys come out of a beatdown. Darby making the save. But Brian Cage's britches falling down was a huge
1: distraction. Oh, Put a fucking belt on. Hey, Darby and Sting showed some good teamwork. Showed that they can team together. Yeah. Not just two individual wrestlers that are going to go into this match on Sunday. Uh, it was a great... It was a good segment, man.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. It was a good pick-me-up after what had just happened uh, with the with the women.
1: And then we get the Face of the Revolution qualifier match, which hosts two young up-and-coming talent that we are seeing more frequently on AEW, whether it be Dynamite or Dark. We get 10 Preston Vance of the Dark Order with negative one, uh, taking on Max Caster. We get no Anthony Bowens here. He's out with an injury, but we get Scorpio Sky on commentary, which... I'm sure we will be talking about here. <laughs> uh, Pastor had a great rap coming out, probably his best to date. Yep. Scorpio Sky basically said, fuck Cody. Uh, and Pretty much. He was really heelish on commentary. Yeah. Uh, but it sounded forced to me.
0: I agree. Scorpio Sky like, is such a good baby face. Like, why? I mean, he does not have.
1: The whole the- run with jericho and you know he wasn't even supposed to be in the tag team tournament daniels is out and he comes in he he gets the pin uh, i think he got the pin in every match leading up to the finals uh he wrestled that first match in in street clothes so over gets a uh, a pin on jericho and
0: scorpio sky and spears to me are the two guys that they've they've started and stopped more than anybody else, and Sky especially, because I think Scorpio's guy, after the first six weeks of Dynamite, you had a bona fide mid, upper mid-card dude on your roster that you made a star, and then you didn't see him for three months. And yes, the pandemic hurt things because he was stuck in Cali for a while, but since he's been back, it's like, he'll go six weeks without seeing the guy, and he's so talented, he's so good, and I understand he's not a great promo, but, He's got Daniels and Kazarian around him. Those guys can cut great promos. They can mask that and let Scorpio Sky go out there and work. And he's such a great baby face. And as a heel on commentary, it's, what are you guys doing? It, it didn't work for me.
1: It's funny you think this way where Sky can't cut a promo but has a podcast. And the two other guys in the group can cut a promo but don't have podcasts. podcast. But <laughs> nevertheless... Uh, we get the second spinebuster of the night in this match, but we get Max Caster going over. Yeah, a little surprise there. Help with Jack from Jack Evans, but this is, you know, he Evans comes in with the mask gimmick on. This is the second time that we've seen this tonight. Last ten with a boombox, uh, and we also well, it's like see,
0: hitting it with a camera about 40 minutes earlier.
1: Right. We also see uh Matt Hardy paying off Jack Evans Matt Hardy willing to take he said he's gonna take out each and every individual yeah. there in the dark order um see i I like that
0: had they not done that similar finish earlier in the show, I would have loved this finish and i I like that Matt Hardy clearly played him off. I think there's an alternative way they could have did the exact same thing um they could have had uh Jack Evans run out, cause a distraction. Caster grabs the boom box, nails him with the boom box behind the referee's back. Hits the move one, two, three. Could have did the same. Then Hardy still pays off Jack Evans. But I also think this segment was poorly placed because you have Dark Order, Matt Hardy, out there for a segment. Then everyone goes away for three minutes later. Hardy and Dark Order coming right back out. I think this probably would have been better placed right before the women's match. Give the women's match buffer, give the sting buffer, and then come back with your main event.
1: Because of the way it was laid out, I think this upcoming Miro promo, promo, which was short, concise, better than last week's for sure. Definitely. I I think the Miro promo should have been put before the face of the Revolution uh, ladder match qualifier. And then we could have had... An old school ECW stoppage,
0: right in. Yeah, I'd have been fine with a bleeding right in.
1: That payoff and Matt Hardy coming out, bleeds in and starts our main event, which is Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn taking on John Silver of the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page.
0: Yeah, and to your point, Dick, that would have been even that would have been really good too, because you already had Matt Hardy walking on stage to pay Jack Evans. You could have had with the like saying like Evans comes out, causes a distraction, Hardy pays him. Negative one's already out there. He could have been calling for Dark Order. You have a a mini melee here, not, not necessarily the full melee we're going to get at the end of the show because I thought it was a good way down the show. We'll get there. We have like a little mini melee here with the Dark Order clearing house. You go to commercial. You come back from commercial and you're in your tag match ECW style, like you said. That would have been a good way to save some time with everywhere else they were saving time. Um, just a really weird last hour of this program. First hour just hot. Car crashed classic crash tv and then the second hour was okay we're back to a wrestling program we're back to crash tv we're back to a wrestling program just wildly wildly formatted show
1: i am such a mark for that ecw style segments feed into one another and turn a singles match or a promo between two singles guys into a tag match um i've i've told martel we need to book stuff like that oh absolutely it's it it's a, it's a it's a great way to transition from one thing to another, and it keeps if it's good, which it should always be good. It should be you know it, it, you go back and watch ECW cards, and they are there are the underneath card guys, the lower card guys that do this. The beginning of a lot of ECW shows, and the crowd is so hot for it. Uh,
0: Full of love- the show, so important, and I don't know how many how many shows. You were there, 40 plus guys to get into a two-hour show. I had at least two or three, uh, two or three ECW book segments a, a, a night to to get maximize time for people and maximize time on the show. And there's been other shows I've been on where I've told promoters, "Hey, you want to shave 20 minutes off your show? Smash these two segments together and reorder them, and it pays off and works. Flow of the show is so important. And to, the Miro promo was was misplaced i thought the women's match was misplaced He could have reshuffled this reorder you could have did a, a lot of different things here but hindsight 2020 we're at a main event which felt after seeing all that star power earlier like okay well matt hardy's out there hangman page is out there but do mark quinn and um john silver really belong in the main event on a show well guess that's what we're here for to find out
1: well they i mean they've been in main events before. Yeah, they're young, and when it comes to national television, these guys are brand spanking new. Um, so the only way they're gonna get main event experience is getting in the main event and yeah. putting them in tag team matches in a main event with experience, more experienced guys, especially Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy. Yep. Hank and Page as well. Um, just gonna give them that rub, that main event rub, and we see a, a pretty good match. But we, you know, we talk about I love the story. Love the story they told. We, we talk about maximizing time. The ending of the show feels really rushed coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this match, we get our third spear of the evening. <laughs> uh, John, John Silver, excuse me, brain the brain buster he hit on Matt Hardy was phenomenal. Yeah. What do we see here?
0: Yeah, John Silver has really... If there's one guy who's benefited from a pandemic... Uh, John Silver has probably benefited more than anybody else.
1: If there's uh, a person that's built something off BTE this past yeah eight months, it's John Silver, and man, he's exploded.
0: Yeah, and he's got great fire, um, which is I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of John Silver matches before he was in AEW, and I mean a lot more than. Boy. More than I thought I ever wanted to see. I know a lot of people who've worked with John Silver, and I've watched matches, and John Silver seemed to be a constant. And Alex Reynolds as well. And um, the growth that this guy's had over the last three years is amazing, um, but especially in the last ten months. Um, I, I I never, ever in my life watching this dude thought he would have the fire he has. Great hot tag.
1: Yeah. He's got such a unique look. You look at him at, I, I don't know his legit height, but it's five. Five, 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 four five possibly, yeah. Possibly. Uh, but just jacked to the gills and charisma out his ass when he has been able to show it. Um, yeah. It just one of the biggest breakout stars of AEW this year, especially this past three months.
0: Yeah. And it's surprising too, because usually Adam page is, a, I mean, he's a hot tag, like his hot tags are, are fired. And for silver to be getting the hot tag here, I was surprised by, it. but I thought the story I told was really good. Matt Hardy his over the course. I mean, he's been bad. He's been in AEW a year now. I mean, it's been 50 weeks since he debuted and, um, it's definitely one of those things where it's been a yo-yo with Matt Hardy and you're not sure what you've gotten, but I think his work the last five or six weeks is like something I can get behind now and say, okay, this is the direction they're going with Matt Hardy. I dig it. I thought he did a phenomenal job of telling the story with Mark Quinn, um, who I think Mark Quinn has a ton of potential to be, we've talked about with guys before, five, six years from now, Mark Quinn could be a guy, he could be a guy there. All um,
1: guys in private party have shown so much um, growth over the past year.
0: Yeah, they were that first. Their first, they were the, about the first match on TNT, and they were not TV ready. And it took them about at least six months to a year before I finally was like, okay, I'm finally starting to see what these guys are. They're, they're, but they're still green. But they're getting it. They're so young, and um, I, I, I see a bright bright future for mark quinn especially isaiah cassidy does his job well um time will tell on how bright his future is he's still real young and he's got to grow into his body a little bit more but mark quinn uh i like mark quinn
1: yeah we get the uh the winners being hangman page and john silver uh via the buckshot lariat but we talked about scorpio sky and sean spears being guys that have been started and stopped started and stopped that kind of reminds me a little bit of what has been happening with Matt Hardy over the past year. Yeah, uh, Matt Hardy, yeah, you know, big debut. We've got Vanguard, and that was supposed to was that that was supposed to lead into Blood and Guts. Yeah, last year, yeah, uh,
0: which,
1: which turned into this Stadium Stampede, which was, uh, in my opinion, one of the more entertaining matches last year. One of the more um, one of the most well-produced matches of the uh, of the year one of the better cinematic matches that we've seen too um but off of that Matt Hardy has his feud with Sammy Guevara and the the concussion that he sustained or didn't sustain I you know that was yeah I I think with
0: Matt Hardy too is he was he was doing all of his characters in such a short amount of time that I, he almost put himself in a position where there was no direction for him. Um, because it was, he was getting started and stopped a lot and he was really trying to get over that Damascus yeah. gimmick and it just wasn't taking it. felt, I, I mean, it was hot. Well now almost five years ago in TNA impact wrestling, it was hot, the hottest thing in the business. Then it got to WWE, they didn't do anything with it. Then when they tried to do it, it was so so watered down and it was so bad that I think fans had just soured on the whole thing. And then when he brought, tried to bring it back, it just wasn't there. I, that was another thing where Jericho involved with I thought Jericho being way too over the top with it. Because when it worked in Impact, was everybody serious and Matt Hardy was out of fucking control. But when guys are out of control trying to match Matt Hardy's out of control, it just gets too silly and over the top. Jericho... Pandemic, we talked about this before, Pandemic Jericho just went from just an unbelievable 2019 super serious, super villain to just I'm going to have fun and be out of control and that's fine and dandy. But everything he's touched and a lot of people he's touched have yo-yoed real bad. And Scorpio Sky, Matt Hardy, and Orange Cassidy, all three guys that have yo-yoed off the Jericho effect really
1: bad. Yep, well, after Hangman Page hits that buckshot lariat on Mark Quinn, who Hardy sacrificed, we see a beatdown by Matt Hardy onto Hangman Page uh, with AEW's seemingly favorite new weapon, the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and we Dark Order coming out for the save, and we end this show with a big tag team brawl. Uh, the teams that are going to be featured – in the casino tag team battle Royale Sunday on revolution uh, all make their way out and we get the team of Phoenix and Pac, who get 2.78 seconds worth of interest <laughs> music. That was, that was crazy.
0: He's um, rushing, rushing, rushing. Yeah,
1: exactly. They make their way out and enjoy in the fracas and man, we go off the air from there hanging on for uh well i'd say Revolution's the next thing aew's doing but tomorrow night we're taping this on friday saturday night they have a special edition of dark on youtube i think it's mm-hmm. starting at 7 p.m
0: that sounds right
1: time uh and then we head into revolution which revolution of 2020 voted the card of the year in the wrestling observer newsletter uh I believe it had also had match of the year with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega taking on the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. So this revolution has a lot to live up to from last year's revolution. This that was also the card where we saw John Moxley become the world heavyweight champion defeating yeah. Chris Jericho. And we'll just get into it. We can run down this card real quick. Quick hits, because we're trying to stay under an hour here. But <laughs> get revolution uh, on march 7th the buy i want to
0: start with the casino battle royal because well, i do,
1: I do it real quick.
0: we'll get there i want to talk about the casino battle royal real quick because we ended this show we had a dynamite with all those guys in the ring which i love i'm a big fan of ending a television show with chaos it makes people when that show ends want to see what happens next what's coming out of this chaos only way to find that out is to buy the pay-per-view so, a match that had very little promotion going into uh, the pay-per-view has been the Casino Royal Tag Team Battle Royal, which I don't really know the rules of, they didn't really get into much detail. Yeah,
1: it, the the Casino Royale matches are the card gimmicks, I believe, where...
0: Yeah, yeah, you you get the 5 in, yeah. you go up to 21, normally... But is it one a partner's out, the whole team's
1: out? Or is it... AEW runs, I believe the I believe they run it the right way, where both members of the team need to be eliminated for that team to be they,
0: out of I'm the I'm a fan of that as well, and I think that's the way they should be doing it. But I am really intrigued to see how this match pulls off. We'll get to the buy-in after. I know this is going to be on the main card. But with the teams all in the ring, I thought this was a good segment here because you had Bear Country, who's only really been seen on Dark. They're going to get a chance to really show what they can do um, in a match like this. You've got, what, two teams from the Dark Order? And yep. uh, Silver, Reynolds, Grayson, and Uno. Hopefully Grayson and Uno will get a real good... Uh,
1: um, And, actually, I think you have three teams now. I think five and ten have also been added to that match.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. They um, have the Ortiz and Santana.
1: Proud and Powerful. Top Flight will be in there.
0: Butcher and the Blade. Private Party. Uh, Pac and Phoenix, we talked about, that That triangle guys will be in there. Varsity Blondes, the Seidel brothers, I'm sure Kazarian and Daniels, I think, are are, are in there. They, they were in the ring. Uh, Cody and QT, or not Cody, Dustin and QT, who I forgot were a team. The Natural Nightmares. Um, I'm sure Luther and uh, Serpentico, the Chaos Project, will be in there. The Gun Club, I don't know if it'll be Austin and Billy or if it'll be uh, the, little, the little other brother, Colton be interesting to see who represents that. Um, and then um, are they putting uh what the hell P- uh, Peter Avalon and uh, was it Caesar Bonani? I think I saw them in the ring at the end of Dynamite too.
1: I maybe. I mean, there were so Yeah, many-
0: no Jurassic Express or FTR both conspicuous by their absence in the lineup for uh for that match. Which is surprising to me.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see who wins that match and who picks up the next title shot at whomever comes out of revolution with the tag team titles um speaking of tag team matches the buy-in
0: has a tag team match
1: that's right it's set up for thunder rosa and Riho to take on dr Britt baker and rebel um all well three of these four participated in the eliminator tournament obviously rebel the second to dr Britt baker did not participate um Great showing by all three women. Thunder Rosa making it to the finals of the U.S. side, and these three: uh, Dr. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and Rio. Since Rio's come back a couple weeks ago, great matches, entertaining matches. Uh, this their own
0: be- semifinals,
1: right? I, uh, I. Yeah, because we- Britt-,
0: oh. Britt lost to. Re- yeah, yeah. Britt Thunder.
1: Plus Right. oh uh, right.
0: yeah, maybe not. But anyways, there's. There we
1: we go. Yeah, beat Rico, and then Nyla and Rosa in the U.S. final. Right. Uh, but will be a good match. These girls have been stepping up their game. The women's division as a whole, way different, uh, a way better look, better progression uh, since we saw the inception back when AEW first started.
0: I'm going to be real. What intrigues me the most of this match is they threw that little blurb in that it, Rebels hurt, so she may not be able to compete. If she can't compete, Britt Baker has a partner of her choosing. I don't think they would give us a surprise debut on uh, the buy in, but I could see a return. I don't know where Chris Threat, Statlander's uh, injury status is. I don't know about Melanie Cruz, but these are two women under contract we haven't seen in a long, long time well, that I could see coming back.
1: If that's the case, I'm definitely going to have to say whomever's coming back to tag team with Dr. Britt Baker has got to be a heel. So narrow your list Mel- from there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, that's, that, to me, is an interesting angle they're going with here. Um, but I feel like it has to be a returning competitor in that division, which is good for that women's division. If either of them uh, come back, I don't know really what happened to Melanie Cruz. She shaved her head and they dropped that whole angle when the fans were gone and
1: she, got and deep. she shaved her head and then <laughs> go?
0: so hopefully one of those two are back because both of those girls are, are great workers um they'd be good good uh, assets to the women's division uh back and healthy um and in the ring so i ex- i would be shocked if they've debuted another female or brought another new new person in to be with with Britt baker and in, in rebel um or her next program We'll see.
1: All right. So after the buy-in and main card, we talked about the casino tag team battle Royale. We get another tag team match on the card for revolution Miro and Kip Sabian taking on orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, uh, the former Butler of Miro and Charles, Charles Taylor. Yes. We see uh, this is set up because of, I mean, mainly because of the injury to Trent. Um, My biggest gripe is Miro. Miro coming into AEW had so much steam. Um, He was so over coming out of WWE. And I understand not wanting to, um, you know, wanting to set your own uh, path and not having to come. Come in with what you were coming in with from the the Fed, but you are over. People loved you. I think Miro should have came in as a face.
0: And whether he came in as a face or he came in as an immediate threat to the championship, um, instead of getting put in a lower mid card angle for. I mean, Kip Sabian and um, really best friends. Best friends though were coming off of the uh, the the brawl with uh, Santana and Ortiz, which they seemed like was going to elevate him by putting him with Miro, but I feel like it's well, just lowered all of them. All talent in this angle has lowered. They've moved themselves down the card, and I don't know if it's the way that the angle's been set up because you do have some hokey-jokey characters. Chuck Taylor is not a serious promo. Orange Cassidy's not a serious promo. Miro can be a very serious promo, but he's been kaha and Kip Sabian and Penelope look great together. They're also lower mid-card, haha. And Trent, who is the serious guy on Best Friends, is was there. And they were doing some brawls out of the, the gaming stations. And they, like, shut off their Xbox. And they were doing a lot of different stuff with this. But the whole feud started with video games. It's been a video game feud. Then it turned into this whole butler thing. It's been a really weird program. Hopefully this blows it off. And Miro absolutely steamrolls him in a short match, where he can look dominant and move on to the next level.
1: That's yeah. I come on. We need to start putting putting some steam into the Miro train. Yeah, get it going to the top. Yeah, I mean
0: with with a nine match card, with one being a forty man battle royal essentially, and the other one being a electric barbed wire. Death match, exploding deathmatch, uh, time is going to be very precious here and this well, is a match if my pencil's going to give you three to five, Miro over Strong. Shine, the f- shine up Orange Cassidy and shine up Chalk Taylor. Hit all their shit in on Kip Sabian. Miro comes in, clears house one, two, three. Keep it moving on to the next.
1: Barring any other match going over with a surprise quick finish that should be the shortest match on the card yes um, but speaking of matches that i would like to see enough time given to that would be the face of the revolution ladder match yes uh, it, it's a ladder match it's a gimmick match you got to give these matches time these yep. matches cannot be rushed um but the winner of this match gets a title shot against darby allen wednesday just you know three days later on TNT, long. on Dynamite, um, and the participants right now, we know five of the six participants. The original three that were announced for this match was Cody, Scorpio Sky, and Penta El Zero Mero, uh, Miedo. But we get Lance Archer from last week going over Ray Phoenix in the main event to qualify, and as we saw earlier in Dynamite. On Wednesday night, Max Caster B 10 to qualify. Then we get a sixth man who Tony Khan stated on the Unrestricted Podcast. It's not going to be the same person that is signing this big contract that Paul White has uh, has to announce. It's going to be yet another debut, which excites me even more. Um, rumors on the Internet, the, the most popular rumor, I mean – Probably shouldn't speculate on rumor and innuendo, but <laughs> I hear a lot about all ego. Ethan Page, uh, he, Seems he logical. Left, he left Impact, and I. Who knows? You know, his last match at Impact was um, what's his karate given the karate guy.
0: Karate man, yeah.
1: Karate man, and you know, after that match aired on that pay per view, Ethan Page had some words for Impact and was not happy with them and how he said this match unfolded. Who knows? Maybe it is a work. He is from Canada. He he, uh, is a fan of of the Bret Hart. So could be a work. Could be a Montreal screw job, in air quotes I say. Who knows? Maybe he comes back, shows up in AEW with AEW's involvement in Impact. Maybe we see an AEW Ethan Page and Impact Josh Alexander taking on each other one-on-one who knows but should be interesting to see who that sixth man is and if it's ethan page if it is ethan page i'm not mad at
0: no I, i think all signs point towards being ethan page it's a good chance for him to really uh you know he got a great opportunity and impact to show what he could do um you know i've i've worked i've worked with the guy on on several shows and um you know, good for him. Real happy for him. So, you know, good to see one of the good guys getting their getting their chance, getting their opportunity.
1: Oh, on this card, we will see the AEW women's title match. The champion, Hikaru Ishida, taking on the challenger, the winner of the eliminator tournament, Rio Mizunami. We saw the, the square off, the face off, the forearm off. Uh, they're,
0: they're not going to shave time here.
1: Oh, so I think they will give this, this match. And as much time as it wants. Maybe this low
0: key could be the second-longest match on the show. Quite Back a positive. third
1: I think, uh, yeah, the next match I had written down here, we had the street fight between Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage taking on Darby Allin and Sting. I, think this, I don't think this is going to be a match we're going to see uh, live in the ring. I think we're going to get... You know, some maybe some sort of mix like how we had WrestleMania 12 with Piper and Goldust in that back lot brawl where a lot of it was pre-taped and then that pre tape leads to uh, action inside the stadium possibly or it might just all be pre-taped that way they know exactly how long that segment's going to go exactly how much time it's going to take and can their other matches time or take away from the cart.
0: And AEW likes to show off Daily's place in the, in the in the football stadium, Bank of America Stadium. They have no problem getting that getting that on their their programs. Um, but we've seen it with, with the parking lot brawl. They'll they'll take a, a fight like that to a special location. Really, Matt Hardy and Sammy's match started. Um, yeah, who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: at the field and they brawl through. Yeah, who knows where that was going to end? And the fact that that match ended where it ended and how it ended is still
1: how uh, they got there is just, still some paranormal just some unexplained science
0: i like how that gets swept under the rug and uh people turn a blind eye to it and still put their uh, rose-colored glasses on
1: i mean i watched that pay-per-view and i uh, i saw that bump and i just yeah the first thing i said i was i was sitting with a non-wrestling fan i said "Ooh, that's not gonna play well online
0: I was sitting, yeah, I was sitting with someone who is was uh, very involved in the business and who's worked with AEW, and they were very mad. They were very mad that that thing continued the way it did after uh, the situation happened, that they let it continue, because um, it should have ended, it should have stopped.
1: But... Well, speaking of Matt Hardy and concussions, we go into the big money match, the quarter one earnings, whomever loses loses everything they've earned these past three months. We got Matt Hardy taking on Hangman Adam Page. Decent build for this match. Uh, Carney Matt Hardy has been pretty entertaining on BTE uh, and, and Impact, nonetheless. Uh, we get to see Matt Hardy on Impact a couple times over the past month.
0: They've, and, they've My take on this real quick is they've devoted a lot of TV time to this angle, but this is another one that could sneakily go quick. And be a 30-second match.
1: I I don't foresee this being the end of the angle. No. At least not with with Matt Hardy's carniness. I foresee that possibly uh, continuing on more and more over the uh, the course of the next few weeks. Um, I, I think Matt Hardy wins just to take the money. Like, okay, Hangman wins the money yay but the payoff for matt hardy winning pisses a lot of people off I think it's a better way to go uh but we'll
0: i discuss- i agree i i think there's a good chance so this could be i would like to see this angle continue but this could be something where you're gonna get get hangman to join dark order coming out of it and need dark order so if matt hardy goes up it's got to be because of his cast of characters helping him get the win. But if this is quick, I could see Hangman. I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a 20, 30 second match. Hangman out the gates, almost reminiscent of like uh, Christian and William Regal like 12 years ago where there's a lot of heat, a lot of TV time devoted to it, and they get eight seconds, and it's just boom. How are you doing? Keep it moving on to the next.
1: I could see that happening, but I can also see this this match kind of being... uh, structured in a similar vein to Sting and Triple H from WrestleMania a couple of years ago where we get a lot of run-ins. Yeah, I, 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 I
0: think that's more likely to happen.
1: Yeah, Dark Order, Private Party, uh, TH2. So, should be fun. As I mean, it's, uh, he does a good know, job we, at booking things like this. Um, their run-ins, if they, they're booked right, this should should be really good. Uh, yeah. More, more. This match I'm looking for more story than I yes. am wrestling match.
0: Yeah, this this match I really uh, they they sold me on it because Matt Hardy has, like I said, hasn't done for 40 weeks. Didn't give, didn't, I didn't care about anything Matt Hardy was doing. And then this new character and this whole angle's done a really good job of sucking me in. Hangman, I like everything Hangman does typically. So they've got me to where I want to see the match. Stupid angle to set it up. Silly, silly gimmick how to get there, but as far as what they've done on TV since they set the matchup, I like it. Um, a lot of possibilities, which makes for a good story. Um, and Matt Hardy is a very good storyteller. And when he's in these roles where he's got that ability to just dive into a character and t- and and tell the story, he does a really good job with long-term storytelling. So I'm excited to see how they, they pull this one off.
1: Speaking of people that are good at storytelling and more importantly, long-term storytelling, which is not what we're seeing here. Uh, we get the tag team title match, the Young Bucks taking on Chris Jericho and MJF. We spoke you know, last week, not on a podcast that we uh, released, but a little trailer <laughs> podcast, a little test out for me and Matthew. Uh, but we think this angle kind of got personal, too quick, a little hot shotting. When it came to the the beatdown of Papa Buck, um, yeah, it's extremely personal now. I would have liked the build to be longer, uh, more content for the build. But we're here now. It's hot-shotted. I think, you know, I think we're going to see Sammy Guevara have his hand in this outcome by hook or by crook. But I don't know if his involvement helps or hinders the Young Bucks, screws over uh, Jericho and MJF, or inadvertently helps them, or there's a turn somewhere. I'm interested in seeing the outcome of this match for sure and what Sammy Guevara's involvement will be.
0: I I don't think this opens the show, cause, but I would like to see this match before the Casino Battle Royal because um, I feel like whoever wins the Casino Battle Royal could tip our hand a little bit which way this one goes if this is after. I think if this is before the Casino Battle Royal, anybody could win the Casino Battle Royal. But um knowing who's winning that for a Wednesday night match doesn't always mean much for AEW, but um I think it I think it could tell could tell a story on who we're gonna see go up um in this one. Little little put the booker cap on there. But um, I, I agree with you. Sammy Guevara has to get involved somehow. The Inner Circle will definitely be involved. You'll see probably, And it's funny, because we just talked about this with the Hangman match. And AEW doesn't care about, like, doing one thing, for as we've alluded to during our re- recap of Dynamite. Multiple table spots, multiple um, same finishes in one show. This also has the recipe for Inner Circle involved, Good Brothers involved, lots of true lots of hoopla for lack of a better word before we get to the the finish um could see could see some wild this might be more in the triple h uh sting vein of booking um how we get there
1: well and that leaves us with our world title match for the first time in a major united states promotion on a pay-per-view we have an exploding barbed wire death match where the challenger John Moxley will take on the champion Kenny Omega with I, I'm assuming Don Callis will be there, but what a match concept for these two to have. What a way Does this blow off this feud? How I mean you would think this is the type of match that would blow off the feud, but the heat these guys have with each other, uh, it's phenomenal. But one thing I really liked about this, this is a match you would expect John Moxley to be advocating for, and Kenny Omega is actually the one asking for it. What do you think?
0: You know, I'm, I, I really think it is kind of booked backwards. They've done a good job of trying to explain why Kenny – Wants this match and is going for the you know he's the the aggressor here, Um, and I think Moxley's promo two weeks ago really hit the home run. I would have liked to see more TV time devoted to building this on Dynamite Wednesday. Um, The video package was great, getting Onita involved. I would have liked to have seen though more Moxley, more Omega. Um, This is your main event of the show. This is for your AEW Championship. I would have liked to have seen a more dummy down explanation on the rules like are they doing the time where they're gonna have the bombs going off after a certain time threshold
1: i believe on that unrestricted podcast sony Khan stated it's the, the ropes are wrapped in barbed wire where explosions go off when they're hit and i believe we're gonna have the barbed wire boards with um explosives
0: but they're not doing the the the
1: countdown. I don't believe there's a countdown. It hasn't been mas- uh, mentioned, at least to my knowledge. But that was always the like when you
0: watch those matches back, and you yeah you got the the, the bombs on the boards and the no is it no rope barbed wire or are they still just wrapping the ropes and barbed wire wrapping the
1: ropes is what was stated.
0: Okay, so that's a little bit safer. Um, but those no rope. Matches where they have the bombs going off on the boards, there's bombs everywhere, and then all of a sudden those those sirens go off for, like, seemingly ten minutes, even though I think it was, what, two minutes of sirens? And those air raid sirens. And it is the most chilling two minutes that you get
1: because you know, you know the fucking <laughs> ring is going to explode. But and, here's the thing. <laughs> the, those spots always killed me because... It always seemed like we were getting guys just turtling up. Yeah, They were Claude Lemieux and because (laughs) and and whether it be one guy just laying some forearms in and then covering over the the other guy's back to I I didn't that timer is such a great concept, but I don't I haven't seen the concept fully uh, utilized. Let's per se. But again, we're talking about explosives, so <laughs> what kind of sick human being am I to say that these people <laughs> risking their lives with explosives in a wrestling ring aren't utilizing the concept, but that's, I guess that's it, here nor there.
0: As a fan, that that moment, I mean, the, the, the anticipation, there is nothing like it, because I remember the first time, I, didn't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't speak Japanese, and I would never seen one before, and I'm watching it on a tape. And I it's in it's and I hear the sirens going off. I'm like, what is going to happen? And I'm I I'm watching it as like a 15, did, 16 year old kid. Like, did Mr. Pogo have a sickle? <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> but I'm just like, what the hell is gonna happen? What the hell is gonna happen? What the hell? Then boom, the, the whole bomb goes off. You're like, holy shit! I don't care the old or not. That anticipation is insane, and it's hard to grab onto and. I don't know if they're that. That's the end, because that's the end. But if they just do bombs on boards, I mean, they can tell the story. Have a, they can have a better match without that gimmick. But that gimmick is.
1: Yeah, I think something. If they do the bombs on the boards and no timer, I think that first bump onto one of those boards sets the tone and then teases us for every time one of those other boards gets brought out. Yeah. Um, Only other way I guess this match could be bigger is if it was in the middle of a pool, right? A floating (laughs) ring. But I'm looking forward to it. I don't think we're going to see any uh, (laughs) professional wrestling in this match. We're going to see some ass kicking. I think we're going to see these guys go. uh, I I don't know if they're going to do the timid start where they test the waters. I think these two are going to be like two rams just... Clashing skulls and going a hundred miles an hour. I don't think this one goes extremely long. It doesn't go world title match long.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, I, I can't overstate their welcome. Twenty minutes tops. If it goes more than twenty, I mean, these guys will never lose a regular one on one match again because you, you literally blew them up and they still kept kicking out. But um, I can't wait to hear Jr's commentary on this. Personally, like <laughs> I can't wait for that because I don't. I mean, Jr. is a huge Foley fan. He's he's seen these matches, Foley Funk. He's seen it, but I don't know if Jr. commentating at this point in his career is uh the is man, really ready.
1: I would say he's commentated the most, just like. I would say beautifully violent match that's happened in the U S the the hell in a cell between mankind and the undertaker and that commentary alone, how good that is. It gets taken out and stripped and put on YouTube clips over other video. It's
0: I'm excited for Jr. Commentating it.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think it will only add to the match as much as, People may may or may not like Jr. Uh, he's, he's he's great. Voice a professional wrestling. Yeah, so. he's.
0: I'll always love me some Jr. I think Jr. In this match, reacting to what happens and putting over what happens is going to be very good, and I can't wait for that. I just hope I hope that Excalibur doesn't steal every moment. Because he'll just be marking out where Jr. will get that emotion over.
1: Like we've spoken about in the past, these three guys, Shivani, Jim Ross, and Excalibur, have hit their stride and yeah. have been such a formidable three-man booth. It's so hard. It's hard enough with two guys in there to know when to say something, what to say. Uh, so chemistry between two people, extremely difficult. Three, blows your mind, and... They're only going to add to this match. This card looks great from top to bottom. But you could say that about any AEW pay-per-view card. um, We have some really... uh, I mean, just first of all, we we got great matches. But some of these stipulations, like we said, that that the ladder match, six guys are going to be in there. Somebody we don't even know is going to show up. We also have Paul White's announcement. We have the ridiculous quarter one earnings, big money match. The street fight will be, it's going to be something else. I mean, again, we both expect some cinematic type uh, elements. The tag team title match, the Young Bucks, just great in ring. Jericho, MJF, no, nobody really better at his heels. MJF, just what a great year he's yeah. had what a great run since aew's debuted and we top it all off with the exploding barbed wire death match yeah i said exploding barbed wire death match uh for the aew world title between omega and moxley just i took monday off of work for this card so <laughs> if that tells you anything i can't wait to see this card
0: yep i'll be tuning in sunday night
1: sunday and you uh Pay-per-view providers, call your pay-per-view or your local satellite or cable company. Uh, available on Fight TV for international users, and streaming users can use Bleacher Report Live here in the states. Can't wait. Covers so it all. This, so excited.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to our Dynamite Recap and uh, Revolution Preview show. Nick, do you have any closing thoughts? People can find you anywhere? Anything you want to plug?
1: No, I mean, just go bcwa.com. Hopefully we come back soon. We will only do it when things are safe and we can get that Copeland Center, the COPE environment back to what we have because there's nothing better than being there with a room full of BCWA fans. And Sunday night, I can't wait to watch this pay-per-view. I'm excited. Uh, Just... Yeah, man, I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> I love it. So we'll be back with some more dynamite recaps and futures. Let us know what you think. Uh, feedback is always important and uh, appreciated. Negative, positive. I want to hear it all. Let me know what you think about this. And uh, can't wait to hear from you folks. And let us know what your thoughts on Revolution and Dynamite as well. We'll catch you later on down the trail. Thanks for listening to Ramblings of a Grappleman. I'm Matthew Priest.
1: Oh, I was going to add in there. Add in. Uh, Hey, we'll be back. If you guys like these segments, right now, AEW is the only real professional wrestling that I watch on a consistent basis. Um, I've spoke with Matthew Priest about AEW and doing uh, podcasts on wrestling today. Uh, There's a lot of content out per week so we want to focus on what entertains us the most and we hope and we hope that you guys are entertained just as much by it as we are and then we can have our discussions here weekly with dynamite um and if you guys like it let us know um we'd like to come back and do a revolution recap as well so please thumbs up us do the things you do for podcasts nowadays right like subscribe (laughs) great review uh
0: help absolutely. help out and yeah so i'll close out one more time here with uh, my other outro uh but all the things nick said absolutely um we look forward to doing this look forward to talking some pro wrestling the grappleman business so everyone out there stay classy stay cunning and stay confident we'll talk to you later